Hey, what's up, you low budget? This is Reggie B. Pine. You listen to a live podcast with your boy, Wolfie D. Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more. Nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Live and in Color with Wolfie D. You know who I am, and you know who this guy is, Jimmy, across the street. And today we got uh, quite a, quite a guest. And uh, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, if you got sensitive ears, uh, virgin ears, uh, go ahead and flip us off. And, and I don't mean give me a bird. Uh, I mean, just don't, don't listen today, because if you, if, if you are easily offended, Reggie's going to offend you, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he says it like he means it and feels it, yeah. and he, he and does he not hold care. back. Yeah, he don't care, and he's he's not going to lose any sleep if you do, you know. So, I would say this: if you if you're you do have sensitive ears and something may bother you, go ahead and just skip about an hour of the show and go on to ask Wolfie, and we will. Yeah, we'll we'll be okay with that. It's okay, you know. Our a- analytics are normally great. Thank y'all so much. But in this regard, we understand if you want to do this. But honestly, you would be skipping a lot of funny, great stuff. Let's yeah, just say that. So. Hilarious, man. He just don't hold back. And no. you can't knock him for that. And I, I mean, he's always, I, I knew when I asked him to come on what I was getting myself into. Same with Jamie. When I asked him to come, you know. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited <laughs> to hear what he's got to say. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. excited. I, you know, you've told me I've never met the man, but you've told me enough about him, and so I'm, I'm interested. But I just know from what you've told me that he's a truth teller, so he he tells it like he feels it. So we'll have fun with this one. But anyway, yeah. So speaking of Reggie B, fine. You know, you came to me with this. You were like Reggie B, and this is a guy we've had on the list, and we just haven't made it happen. And it's yeah. really cool. And I'm, you know, the the stories you've told me about him are just hilarious. So and plus, I mean. He, dude, he's got some. I mean, that pimp jacket alone is is just that. It's just <laughs> yeah. such a. I can't wait to talk about that too. You know, <laughs> yeah. it'll be fun, man. Reggie's a good dude, man. Uh, you know, say what you will, he's a good dude. Known him for yeah. a long time. So, and and it's funny because uh, you know he called me out of the blue the other day, and that's how this happened. Was, I didn't even uh, the number wasn't even in my phone. So yeah, uh, okay, that's awesome. Well, I'm glad he got a hold of you. That's really cool because this will be a good show. Now, real quick, before we get to Reggie, though, I want to ask how yeah. you feeling, man. Your post-surgery, doctor follow-ups yeah. and all that, how are you feeling after your surgery? Yeah, I've, I've, it's been uh, almost two weeks now, and most of the soreness is gone. Uh, I think I got another two weeks before I can like start trying to do cardio again, and another four weeks before I can lift anything, you know, like you know, go to the gym lift. And uh, so that's good. But then at the same time, when I got my checkup, <laughs> this is nothing major, but it's just funny. It's par for the course for me. Uh, I found that I got a little a little thing on my forearm that turns out it's skin cancer. I got to have removed. Jeez. <laughs> Rains and pours over your way, brother. What's up? Sorry, man. But, yeah, because it was funny because I, I thought it was a wart. And I, I've been picking at it for a couple of months. And I yeah. was in the doctor's office. And you know how they got those posters up of different things. And one of them was skin cancer. I got to looking at it. And I looked at my arm. I looked at that. And I'm like, that looks exactly like what's on my fucking arm. Wow. And the doctor walked in. And I didn't even, I didn't even, we weren't, didn't talk about the hernia. <laughs> as soon as he walked in, I said, look at this. Is that that? He goes, 
to that. And I like started to pick at it. He slapped my hand. He goes, oh, that? <laughs> like, he's, he's funny. That's awesome. But, uh, so he's like, yeah. And I mean, immediately he schedules me an appointment uh, for like the end of the month here to have that taken off. He said, it's going to, it's right above Gene Simmons's head, kind of in his hair. So he said, it's going to mess with your tattoo a little bit. You'll probably have to get it touched up. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, that'll be okay. I mean, worse things have happened, right? Come on. Let's, yeah. let's not worry it about that. Part of the course of me, you go in to get, <laughs> you know, Hey, yeah, I heard you looks great. Doing fine. Oh God, you got skin cancer now. All right. Oh man. Yeah. Well, let's just hope that all calms down and there's nothing new <laughs> coming up soon. I know you got, yeah. you know, your hip and your knee and all that, yeah. but you yeah. know, nothing new. We're, we're knocking on wood. Nothing new. Yeah. So. Nothing new. Nothing yeah. New. But, but anyway, yeah. let's take a break and, and let's talk to Reggie B. What do you think? That will be fine with me yes. <laughs> after these messages. <laughs> Hey folks, to get your official Live It In Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Live Wolfie D. Check it out. If you're listening to Live It In Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a five-star rating. And while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. All right, guys, we are back. And man, this ought to be a hilarious episode today. We got my man, Reggie B. Fine, coming in from Memphis, Tennessee, Dallas, Tech. He's from all over. Where are you at right now, Reggie? Hey, what's up, man? I'm in Dallas, Texas right now. But first of all, I want to thank y'all for having me on y'all's show. And I'm going to let me get my uh, props in because, you know, this is live. But your boy, Reggie B. Fine and Whoopie D. And we got our sidekick behind the control, twisting the knobs and, you know, the cameras there. His name is Jimmy Kimball. So, nobody forget now. Now, whatever y'all need me to do, it's going to cost you. Now, we're on the clock. Let me see. Was he two minutes now? That's $2,000 right there. Okay. You, know Damn. Huh? <laughs> you are expensive, Reggie B. You've always been expensive. <laughs> yeah, I'll take the check, 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 cash, and money orders on it. Yeah, yeah, you money cost, orders you only. Me, you cost me so much money over my career. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. What do y'all have? Check, cash, or money order? Uh, we got it all. PayPal. We got it all. Whatever you need. PayPal, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't accept PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> PayPal hey, so listen, man, I want the listeners to know, man, because me and you had talked about it and I had kind of heard something about it. Um, but I want everybody to know, you know, you had a, a triple bypass heart surgery, right? Man, yeah, fucking on fat bitches. Yeah, I'm going to do So tell me, tell them basically, how did you know I mean, what happened? I mean, put all boys into the sack. It's very true, man. I'm just coming off a triple bypass heart surgery. Wow. And I just had done. It was been like three, going on four months now. And what makes yeah. it so bad, brother, I was still working out. I was still lifting 300 and some pounds, riding a bicycle hour. You know, I'm doing everything that I needed to do to stay in shape. 
as an old right. man. I'm I'm sixty one right. years old now. Wow. But right. How do I? How did it? How did it? How did it all come occurring? But you know, over the years, man, what we used to party. We've well, gotten knowing you for thirty yeah. years. What yeah. thirty five years or something? Yeah. And no, man, about tell you, we did everything in the book. Yeah. Was it so? So you said you just started getting like winded, like you was walking up some steps, you got tired. So it wasn't like you fell out, but you just had to go to the doctor and they checked it out, and that's what happened. Yeah, what it was, man. I was getting shortness of breath, but if I do something, say I sit here and say I ride the bike or, or you know, ride the treadmill, I'm good. Yeah, get off, take my blood pressure, my pulse, everything good. But let me go downstairs to my house. Go downstairs and go into the garage and pick up a a case of bottle of water and come up fifteen steps. Yeah. Gee, like I'm a pervert, man. I sound like a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on? But you know, you got we all got signs. We all got signs that when something ain't right with your body. You know, if you go to bed at ten o'clock at night and you wake up at ten o'clock in the morning, your toe hurting. You know, it's your toe one hurting before you went to bed. So go to the doctor, guys, and check right. them, and do your body. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, felt kind of the same way when I had mine, except mine was a little different where I actually had the heart attack and, you know, fell out and all that shit. But I, I'm like you, man. I was going to the gym all the time. I mean, just doing what I was supposed to do. I didn't feel any – I had no idea that I had – all that blockage in my my arteries and stuff is crazy, man. But yeah, I'm with I'm with Reggie. Everybody, if if something ain't right and you feel something ain't right, go to the doctor. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to the morning. You got signs, brother. Trust me, you got signs. You know, you looking up, you look up all of a sudden, you see three of uh, uh, one motherfucker. You know, some wrong somewhere. You know, the right. blood pressure got high. Yeah, <laughs> yep. and you can't you can't play with this, man. We getting older too. You over fifty years old. You told me I already had your colon checked, and you know yeah. that nigga said that whatever the doctor gonna do. And man, go see about your body. I always say on my interview, guys, go to the doctor. We hate the doctor, right? My yeah. doctor ain't did shit to us, but we hate him, right? So please yeah. go to the doctor, man. But yeah, but man, thank you, Lord. I'm doing a lot better, man. I'm up, moving around. Can't do everything I want to do, you know. I lowered my yeah. stature on women. You know what kind of women I used to like back in the day. Women I used to like them big ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my waist started down about, oh, about 200, 225. Yeah. So when they called you the heavyweight champion, that was a different meaning, right? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. You were, you were multiple <laughs> heavyweight champions. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what Jamie used to say. That's how he he didn't go to the gym. He got his exercise by lifting them big ass legs up in there. He <laughs> Joe, you can have some big ones with him, but we know why Jamie used to have them big women with him because he'd be trying to get their money. See, <laughs> <laughs> boom, right there, first one fired. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Jamie said, "Oh yeah, you know she is, she got a car. You gonna make sure I get to the show on time? I'm gonna blah 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 and blee blee blee." And I said, "You motherfucker." I love Jamie for man, Jamie, me, you, and Jamie, and uh, don't forget about my little bitter friend, Mr. D. So, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, bless him. Now you talking about missing somebody, man? When y'all told me that guy had, you know, went home, man. I was like, wow. And every Friday night, we I could tell you so many stories about Mr. D, man. That little guy. To be so little, that motherfucker get so drunk. He drank one <laughs> beer, he drunk. 
I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shooting. We go to the strip club, and yeah. we all party and shit at the table, drinking, bitches everywhere. We smoking, and we doing everything that we don't afford to do, because we was over in the strip club in Memphis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. About 1 o'clock and 2 o'clock in the morning, you come to me, I come to you, or Jamie come in. Where's the midget? Can't nobody find the midget. Nope. Where's the midget? Guess what? <laughs> you remember where we used to find them at? Up under some stairs or some shit, usually. <laughs> <laughs> we, we used to find a little man under the tables. People be gathering around and laughing and shit. I've been a pissed his pants and all kind of shit, man. Oh, man. <laughs> And Jamie used to be so hard, man. But he was a funny man. Yes, come, bitch. He was hilarious. Reggie, uh, man, I don't think I even know the answer to this, or maybe I do, man. What, what, what got you into the wrestling business? Well, I always loved wrestling when I was 12, 13. My mama used to take us, you know, Memphis wrestling. Man, wrestling been popping in Memphis ever since the seventies. Yeah, right. I'm talking about a lot of people don't know Don and Al Green, Buckman Monroe, Navell Austin, you know, Lawl and Dundee. And yep. we we should watch TV every Saturday morning. And I told my mama, I said, Baby, that's what I want to do. I want to wrestle. I want to be a wrestler. Never thought in two hundred and twenty two years that it would come true come true. But, you know, it didn't come true because I still can't wrestle. I've been in the game for 30 something years. I don't know shit about wrestling. Motherfucker learned something every day in this wrestling business. But I should have learned how to be a mark. That would happen. I used to see Melville Austin, Coco Word. They used to come to the same apartment that my mom lived in when I was little. They had a girlfriend over there, had about 14 kids, but all the little motherfuckers were just like, I said, man. <laughs> and one day I said, man, I would love to become a wrestler, man. He said, uh-huh. you know, man, I'm six foot one, about 145 pounds, soaking wet. He said, man, yeah. I said, how old are you? I said, I'm 18, though. And we just talking, talking, talking. Well, I tell you what, man, you're too little. You got to put some weight on the beer. You, if you remember when I first came to the, the wrestling, we've okay. been in the game at the same time. Right. Yeah. You remember how big I was when I first started? Yeah. Yeah, you thin. 180 pounds. <laughs> yeah. The next year, as I got with Iceman King Parsons and Brickhouse and all them guys, I got on that fucking gimmick. I was on them fucking steroids for about uh-huh. three months or four months. Yeah. And I couldn't afford no more. I can't afford this shit. This shit, $200 a month. <laughs> Fuck with dope money. Nah, I can't fuck smoke no weed, can't drink no crown, nothing like that. Fuck that. <laughs> I said, got to be another way I can gain weight, man. So he said, yeah, just eat. Man, fuck that whole year, dude. I'd eat no pizza and drank beer and up all night eating chicken wings and shit. By, by the next year, I was up to 280 pounds. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's what he'll tell you. That's the truth, how old were you at yeah. that point? I was 20. I got started late, so yeah. I must have been 30. Okay, gotcha. Okay. I must have been about 30 years old. Yeah. You no, ended up, no, no, I mean, no, it was no, quick, too. 20. You was a big motherfucker. Yeah. Oh, I gained weight. I started going to the gym and shit, working out. Yeah. I had got 285 pounds, my max, but I've never been a fat motherfucker, though. You know that, boy. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. 
stock it. Couldn't rouse them. Just look the halfway decent. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing about it. When, when, when I knew that I had to wrestle you, I knew it was pretty much going to be a night off. You're going to do your little exercises and your push-ups and your, your, your head, shoulder, knees, and toes and all that. You were not going to be much technical wrestling. <laughs> oh no! One thing maybe you know how I find no drop kick, drop down, no bowls, no hell, no. Baby. We gonna do what we gotta do. If yeah. I gotta push you over, I'm gonna push you over, and uh, I'm gonna get the hell out of that motherfucker. I had customers to wait on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I got shit to do. This wrestling <laughs> and you're fucking around. You know, I was a man back then. Ain't no sense me lying. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna. I ain't gonna. Uh, Throw no rock and hide my hand. I was just as dirty as the next man was back then. Yeah. But I woke up and I was getting high and shit, drinking and smoking and doing all this stupid shit to you. Thank you, Lord, man. I hadn't had no weed, no cocaine, no pills. Well, I had pills before my shoulder fucking yeah. up. And all that was crazy looking shit. I hadn't had none of this in over 30 years, man. Man, that's yeah. awesome. Good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Man. I think yeah. we've all we've all slowed down a bit. <laughs> Man, I'm not living like that. That's why I think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going out of those shoes. It takes its effects on you for sure. Oh, in the long run. Yeah. Man, I got I got to hear you talk about this guy. I was looking through your whole listing of matches and everything you had done, and I was researching my stuff here. And you know, there's always good stories with this guy. I mean, and 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 none of them are really good. But can you tell us something about a little bit about working Jeff Gaylord? Oh, man. wow! <laughs> Who would that used to say that all the time? I loved me some Jeff Gaylord too, man. That was one of the. The biggest, prettiest motherfucker you ever want to see back in the day. I said, Jeff Gaylord, look how you look, man. You should be in Hollywood someday. with a beautiful body. But everybody said you had a, a million-dollar body and a 35-cent brain. Anytime, yeah. I know you got to have a 35-cent brain. Anytime you rob the same bank twice, they say, and get caught <laughs> robbing the same damn bank. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. you know, oh, that's what I heard. You know, you know that's the word out on him. Yeah. He's a... I know he's out. He's out. He did an appearance or a couple of appearances uh, within the last year. But other than that, I think that's it. But uh, yeah, he's he definitely got out. But uh, I have not spoken to him or been able to get in touch with him. But you must have heard, man. Hold on, hold on, man. Jeff Taylor passed away two years ago. No, shoot, he didn't. No, shoot. no. Who we'll looked that up? Because I'm pretty sure I seen pictures of him like last year. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It been, man, hey, you know what? It been a year. It was all over the internet everywhere, man. You know, y'all live in the country, man. You got you still got to climb up the pole to use the phone. So yeah, he died. He died in March of this year, actually. Is that right? I didn't. Uh, I don't think I realized yeah. that. Did I, Jimmy? I, I, yeah, yeah, you hadn't talked about it, so no. But yeah, wow. Jeff, okay. March fifteenth of this year. That. Yeah. So it's about wow. six months ago. Yeah. 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 That's true. Well, Reggie and B is breaking news <laughs> on here, man. I didn't <laughs> you know that. Remember, if you had seen the picture of him, you wouldn't have thought that was Jeff Gaylord. Yeah, I really. don't know where he died from, but he was 65 years old. So he was old, man. He, had, he was up there a little bit, I think. Yeah. yeah. You had never thought that was him. Wow. Uh, they found him at a bus stop apparently in in Colorado, and he was positive. They were saying that he probably was, didn't have a home. He was he was homeless. So, oh, but, yeah. brutal. Yeah, I just got out of rehab. 
Yeah, that's true, man. I love Jeff Gabriel. I, I want to say, too, man, I got plenty of stories about him, but I know one thing. That was an athlete. That was a running mother. Boy, that sounds like Mr. Run to be 275 pounds. Yeah. But he yeah. played football in Missouri. Yeah. But Jeff Gabriel was a worry. Lawler used to call it. Lawler used to talk about him so bad. And yeah. he ain't got nothing more to talk about nobody, fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason I say I brought up Jeff is because a lot of guys come on here and say that he was pretty stiff with them as far as in the ring. He was pretty, you know, it didn't always. I don't think it was on purpose, though. He was just like right. that because he couldn't right. work. Right. <laughs> right. Right. They yeah. use him for his face and his body, man. You know, the wrestling yeah. game always help. You can take somebody like, take an answer like Junkyard Dog. That's my partner. He going home. We yeah. rode him down the homeway for years together. Junkyard dog probably ain't never do a drop kick. Ain't probably never did an arm drag in his whole career. But he did but he need to. There. Yeah, yeah. Right. He was out there for two minutes and yeah. get and got over like Rover. That was one of the richest black athletes that ever got in that ring. Yeah. Other than the Rock, where he was before the Rock. Right, but that right. guy, that man couldn't do it. He didn't know nothing, man. The only thing they told him to do was just punch and kick. And at, at the end, do that thump move, and he used to make, man, he made so much money, man. But like I said, Jeff, Jeff Gaylord was the same. Lalo used to put him out there, but kind of like the, the stretcher. Everybody know, anybody in the wrestling game know what a shooter is. Right. Jeff Gaylord yeah. was a half shooter. But he was so big and so freaking strong. I didn't yeah. care too much to work with him, because he was just like the blind leading the blind when I was in there with him. Shit, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> 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 He was a good dude, man. We used to do a lot of shit together back then and, and get some pussy. Oh, man, that dude has to be some of the finest women around him you ever want to see. Yeah, he, yeah. He couldn't, do, he couldn't do it. He couldn't screw them all. I bet right. you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like this. I'm on the sideline. Just fall, you know, a little extra gravy, fall off the biscuit, you know, run down your arm. I'm right there to slop it up. <laughs> I mean, Reggie's <laughs> here. Reggie's here. <laughs> Me and him at Brickhouse. Oh, he said, Hey, so you said you, you rode with uh, JYD a lot, man. What's a good JYD story that's, that's that's funny? Oh man, I got two of them, dude. You know, we was on he was on that he was on that dope real bad. And I ain't I ain't knocking nobody because like I said, right. I'm doing right. the same thing he's doing, so I am not gonna throw no rock and hide my hand. Right. I ain't gonna, right. gonna throw nobody on the bus unless I'm gonna be on the other side of the tack. You know what I'm saying? Because I did my shit too, man. But one right. show we mixed out colors in and uh. You know, at the Mid South College, now you should be, you probably didn't remember. You, you don't went to that service station when it was right around the corner called Amoco. And uh, by that time, I'd been met my man at the back of the Coliseum and took care of my business, you know, because I always told guys, man, I'm not giving y'all shit. But I was the man, they don't send me lying. Right. Yeah. I'm not nobody, nothing until the match is over with. So ain't no sense. I'm locking my shit up in my car. But I come back out here, my window broke. I'm calling the police and snitching on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so I just tell them all the time, man, I ain't got nothing. I just have a friend of mine to bring it to me. But anyway, we go yeah. to the service station. I did a wrestling match. You know, we go up there and get us a couple of six packs and, you know, get some gas and this and that and that and then. But one night I'm out there pumping gas, right? I already gave dog his shit, you know. He rides me him, and I think me him and Brick Hall. You know, I uh -huh. just top and take off you click, click. Click, click, yeah. click, click. You know, you're trying to top the tank. I'll squeeze every pin of gas you can in the in the tank, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I said, I did that shit, I know, three or four minutes. And all of a sudden, I seen dogs stick his head out the window. Hey, 
Hey, man, you know, he had that deep ass voice. Hey, man, what the fuck are you trying to do? Bust the tank? Bring your ass home, man. I got my medicine in my pocket. Man, I got my medicine. Shit. Damn that guy. Bring your ass home out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to nigga, you try to bust the tank? Fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm stealing that. I'm stealing that line. That's great. I love that. He's very yeah, dumb. Yeah. yeah. That was one time. One time again, we was at my apartment one time. These, all these are true stories now. I, I won't lie. The man can't defend this stuff, but right. these are yeah. true stories. Uh, uh, we was at my house, you know, doing our thing, you know. I never did smoke. Cocaine. Well, I don't know. If you put it in a cigarette, shit, I guess you smoke it too. You pre more and that's smoking. <laughs> I never did take no rock and put it on top of no pipe. I just smoked, put a, put mine in a cigarette. But anyway, we in the house, man, one night. Everybody doing anything. Matter of fact, wasn't nobody that but me and him that night. And yeah. uh, when you hit that horn, I ain't got to tell you, once you hit that shit, man, next day, you know, your eyes getting big. Or you get your bell ringing and you, and you see some uh, uh, snakes and, and mice and ghosts and goblins and shit. <laughs> so we were sitting at the kitchen table doing our thing, and all of a sudden, out of every, I don't know, every minute or so, I did, you know, did this little thing. I get up and walk to the front room. They walk to the front room, look out the curtain. And then you come back. You no know, dog was about 350 then. He had got big. He about 350, 400 pounds then. He'll get up and walk. Look out the window, come back and sit down. Out. Two minutes later, repeat the same scenario over there when I'm running to them. And the <laughs> third time he did that shit, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm out of motherfucker too, so I'm one, I'm thinking somebody out there, they out there. The third time, so they out there. They got the dog, <laughs> got the dog, <laughs> two of them, <laughs> two of them on the roof, and the other one around the corner with him. And I said to myself, <laughs> What the fuck into him? I get my dumb ass up. I'm walking to the curtain, pull up back the curtain, look out the window, and I don't forget. I live right in front of a big ass field. One nothing on the either side of my apartment, but a big ass field. No trees, no nothing. I went over there and so said, I said, man, won't you sit your big ass down? Ain't nothing out there, man. You got to my motherfucking I said, sit your ass down, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I said, hey, I got in my, I was fucked up too. I went out and got in the car. I went out there, you can have this whole house to your step. You can walk over there, you can walk a trail in the carpet if you want to, motherfucker. But that was some funny shit to me. But I've been being stupid. No damn well, there wasn't nothing in but an empty ass lot in front of my house. I'm inside of my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> tripping. Oh, no, you, you were absolutely, for, for people that don't know, man, at, uh, at Brian. Christopher's funeral, you know, they had people speak and you were one of the people that got up there and spoke. And, you know, Brian's funeral was not, um, it was, it was, uh, if a funeral can be fun, it was Brian's funeral. You know, they danced the, you know, played his music and danced him, uh, the, down to the front, you know, the, uh, Dale and all them that was carrying the coffin and, and you got up there and spoke. And, and I mean, you just always been a real funny dude, man, to be able to, you know, for somebody to be at a funeral and be able to get up there and make everybody laugh. That's a special kind of talent to me because uh, that's a hard situation to be in but Brian was cool with all of us man talk about Brian for a minute man I love Brian he was been a woman I kissed him I love that man man <laughs> he's another funny motherfucker he yeah. always broke his gimmick he never <laughs> left home without his gimmick on <laughs> <laughs> where he was Brian was going to have you laugh you're going to do something stupid 
He gonna yeah. say something, but I love me some Brian because I'm just telling the truth. Yeah. I've been mean, man. I cannot believe I had people laughing at a funeral, man. Everybody came. I got you talking about ten or fifteen minutes. Everybody came up to me and said, "Man, you are crazy." Even Lowell, <laughs> that dick came and said, "Reggie B, man, you are so fucking crazy, dude." That was good. That was great. And you know, I was talking about Jerry, Jerry, and. Yeah. Uh, whoever's not in the crowd, Tony Williams. I <laughs> yeah. him, he was like a damn hippie. Yeah, I had grown so much. He was like a baby Thor. I said, man, what <laughs> I thought you would be. Everybody just bust out laughing. Everything I said was funny to him, but I was just yeah. speaking the truth, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 Went through some shit, boy. Ooh, wee. Man. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. When a motherfucker doing too many, too many drugs, I backed up off like, oh, man, I don't know what nothing that, man. I don't know nobody. I don't know what nothing that. I don't know what yeah. shit. Yeah. He was like yeah. a man with love him, a black woman. You know, a lot of guys back then, 30 or 40 years ago, they wouldn't deal with it. It was so fucking, not racist, but it was, it was a lot of, you know, everybody just kind of like stuck with this thing. Like, right. Yeah. Kevin Lowell, Kevin Lowell bought no from black women than he had white women. <laughs> <laughs> but his dad, but his dad, he used to tell me all the time, man, I ain't helping no black woman. Shit. I said, what's the difference? Pussy pink? Well, what's the difference? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. My Lola always had me back at hill. I can't be mad at him. That was one of the smallest men in the world. But him and Brian did not get along. A lot of people didn't know that, man. They did not get along, dude, for some odd reason. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think yeah. the room here that Brian was a lot of time prime and Brian prime. Brian was ten times better than he was. Yeah, you know, yeah. Brian just had Lola just had ring service and you know knowledge. But Brian would go out there and work. I right. never seen a man yeah. work like Brian. Brian Christopher in the top ten wrestlers in this organization. Oh yeah, my yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Brian was definitely uh, a hell of a worker, man. Hell of a worker. On his worst uh, day, he was great, you know? So yeah. I got to ask this because I, I, I know we're just kind of talking and it's having a conversation, but I'm going to go back to wrestling real quick. One of my favorite Reggie B. Fine moments on oh. TV or anything was when you ate Coco's bird, Frankie, on TV. <laughs> and, and not only was it you eating the bird, but Lance's reaction, oh, come on, Reggie, you know, like <laughs> – First of all, how did Frankie taste? Was it pretty good? <laughs> and talk about that time. I never ate parrot before, but that motherfucker tastes like a piece of chicken, man. And he was <laughs> Boy, you think Coco won hot when he found out? You're talking about, man, I know blah, blah, blah. And got you didn't cook my fucking bird. I paid $5,000 for that bird. You know, I had, <laughs> we pulled one of the fellas out of the, his, uh, you know, it's tail. Yeah. You know, you got them pretty colors, right? Yeah. So I yeah. came out there one day with that white fur coat on in that hat. I had one, I had that, we were doing that angle then. I had one of them fellas sticking in the side of my head. That's yeah. when I went back there and, you know, pulled my jacket on for the next interview. And I came out there with the roasting pan. The, the, the chicken cooked that one up with a chicken. It wasn't no right. Ham, right, right, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah. we cooked that time bitch all night. When I tell you that time bitch fell apart, the next morning, everybody wanted something. I said, oh, no, uh-uh, I'm getting the first piece of this. I'm <laughs> 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 talking about smelling good. And Lance Russell, he didn't, he, we didn't smile a lot. That's another man I love. I yeah. love Miss Lance Russell, but I don't give yeah. a fuck about Dave Brown. And my brother told me he was going to run me one time in the sun with Shannon. 
I've told the story to him and he kind of, he kind of played it off like it wasn't as bad, but it was like one of my, it was the first time I had ever wrestled him. And it was just one of my first matches in Memphis. And I wasn't, you know, hundred percent, uh, you know, uh, seasoned up for what he was trying to get me to do. And, uh, he, he told me to take a punch or something and go out there and fuck with the crowd. And what he was wanting to do was sneak up behind me and, and start hitting me. But, I didn't stay out there long enough, yada, yada. And so I got back in. He said, I said, get on the crowd. Whop! And, <laughs> and so then I, I figured out what he meant after that. <laughs> I know damn well you did. But that motherfucker didn't play, man. He used to stump a mud hole in and walk a draft. He did huh. not play in that ring. Yeah. Man, we on TV. We got to make all the trophies and make everything still. We on TV. We can't be. Having this bull crap like they got now out there on TV, they got 109 organizations in Memphis. And right. none of them small business know a wristwatch from a wristwatch. Yeah. But a lot of them tell us all the time, hey, be tight, be tight. Be, he tells certain ones that, you know, he kept the shooters around. Y'all may not, you may not remember this, but remember Billy Jack Haynes. Billy yeah. Jack Haynes. Yeah, Billy Jack. Man, we yeah. I, I just see him in the hallway. I go the other way. Hey, <laughs> He didn't play, man. He yeah. did not play. Yeah, he was he was different, man. He's still different. If you've uh, listened to any of his uh, interviews, he was a nice guy, but yeah, he was different. I, I'm I'm like you. I, I really didn't have any interest in being in the ring with him during those times. He's a hell of a worker. I mean, when I you know watched him as a kid and all that, but then I just kind of knew what a loose cannon he was in the '90s, and I seen some of the shit he was doing to Brian. I was like, hell no, <laughs> no, no. And Brickhouse, him and Brickhouse was cool. Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Live and in Color with Wolfie D. This is Steve Bowtie Bryant here. Back in the 90s, I was a pro wrestling photographer for the South, and I released what might have been one of the original sets of indie trading cards. I ran across some of these original sets. They were up in Randall Fanning's attic all this time. PG-13 rookie card, Ricky Morton, George Weingroff as the Sheep, Chris Champion, Reno Riggins, Billy Montana, Gary Valiant, the Scorpion, the Medic, Rick Reynolds, Jeff Daniels, Mephisto and Dante, Ben Jordan, Steve Neely, Marcus Woodrow, Clinton Charisma, Little 
Farmer John. If you'd like an opportunity to get these cards, contact me now. You can get them for only $49.99. Contact me at stevebowtiebryant at iCloud.com. Get your set now while supplies last. Support for Live and in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFIE at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls. Now that's my boy right here. Everybody knew me and Brickhouse would hang out for 30 yeah. years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely want to talk about him for sure, please. Yeah. Yeah. Now all that was going down, you going through that, you found out that he had a prostate, was it prostate or colon? Was whatever it's something to do with, you know, the colon counting. We just gonna say colon. And man, yeah. what I found out about that, he called me down in Jackson, Mississippi. You know, he was he was real bad on that shit too for thirty something years. Yeah. So I told him one time we were getting high together, I said, Brick. Man, I quit. You've been doing this shit now for about 10 years. He said, I told him, man, you've been doing this shit about 10 years, brother. Ain't you tired of this shit? No, no, and this is what he said. Let me get this right. That I said, you've been doing this shit for 10 years. He said, you know what he told me? Mm. He said, I hope I make it 10 more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was always the crazy thing to me, too, man. It's like, Brick looked how he looked and did what he did. And I don't even know how that's possible. You know, it's like he, he would hardly ever go to the gym and he, he would do his thing all the time. And it just looked awesome. He looked in great shape all the time. Genetics. Yeah. You know, genetic, yeah I call it natural genetic. He yeah. did all that power lifting and shit when he was younger. See, yeah. Brick was, he, he was older when he started, he was young when he started wrestling, but he stayed in that gang a long time. Yeah. And all so two weeks <clears throat> before he passed, <clears throat> he was still smoking crack. Wow. He had a crack yeah. girlfriend. He was bringing him up to the hospital. Once they put him in stage four and all that, you know, it was about over with mm. him. But he was still getting how we do benefits and everything. with you know, get the money and everything. But he just kept me. He said, Reggie, come to Jackson and see me, man. I'm dying. I said, huh? And what he told me, I you know, we was a blackbird for a long time. Brick really one got me across the threshold of this game. And yeah, I met him. I would have never been, you know, in the wrestling game like I've been, you know, for the last 30, 35 years. But yeah. he used to mm-hmm. tell me all the time, Reggie B, don't fuck with this shit and don't never ever be in one of these dressing rooms without something in your bag. I never mm-hmm. understood what the fuck was talking about, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he used to carry a pistol with him everywhere he went. Really? Yeah. Really? Well, you, oh, yeah. I mean, y'all went through a lot of stuff. I mean, as black wrestlers in the South, I, I mean, I want to talk about that a little bit. I mean, I'm sure y'all have heard everything and been called everything in the book. How did you all, I mean, did you all just say, okay, I'm doing my job. They hate me. Well, how would you handle that? If you don't mind me asking. No, man, hell no. You know I me, mean? <clears throat> ain't a prejudice bone in my body. Certain motherfuckers I don't like. You know that we all slept in the same hotel room. We all slept in the same houses together. You know, and like I used to yeah. tell people all the time, when people call you a nigger or call you a redneck motherfucker, they a 
right, like Jamie. See, Jamie used to use that word all the time. See, we never did pay him no attention. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the time, you know, went along, 5, 10, 15 years. You don't hear nobody calling about a no nigga. That is, right. we didn't play, the black folk didn't play that shit, even back in the wrestling game. I, I was kind of meaning from the fans, like in the Southern <laughs> fans, but, but I get what you're saying. Oh, you yeah. oh yeah, that's all the time. Go back to go back to Africa. Man, I heard so many shit. One night, I had an old man come up behind me. We were somewhere in one of them little country ass, Chickasaw village ass towns. I went. My brother coming up behind me with a pot. We were beating up on his son. He won a grandson. Right. In the room. I think with a football coach or something. Me and Brickhouse and Iceman. Iceman hollered, Reggie, Reggie. I looked up, man. Dude had a knife, a pocket knife, and coming coming to me like Chucky. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god man he wasn't nowhere behind me you black motherfucker you this you that he had to be in about 87 one team in his head yeah glasses on his face like ran the hill all crooked and shit <laughs> <laughs> everybody just pictured that too that's it how do you fuck with ran the hill all the time I talked to him about maybe two or three days ago for the first time in two or three years. I used to do his podcast. He said, Reggie, you get me kicked out of the state. You don't get me kicked out of Jonesboro, man. Your shit be so fucking funny and so real. I'm not, I think he blocked me. <laughs> oh, I, love you, I think you and Randy kind of had a love-hate relationship, didn't you? Yeah. Randy didn't want to never book me. He always wanted to book you and Jamie and Derry King and who else was his favorite? What's that other dude now? Y'all was be y'all was y'all was the click back then. The, the always, yeah, I used to always want me to put Derrick King. Derrick King about 134 pounds. Man, fuck you. I ain't put no more. I ain't put, <laughs> I ain't put none of your boys. Brandon Baxter. That's that other motherfucker. Uh, Brandon Baxter. Yeah. Where is he at, man? You ever hear from him? Brandon Baxter uh, is a radio DJ, like morning show host, and from what I understand, he's pretty good at it and pretty successful with it. I believe it's uh, in the Jonesboro area. I don't know for oh, sure. Well, he always had yeah, you know, he, peanut head. He was, he was real. He was nice on the mic, you know what I'm saying? So Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not surprised with that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm not surprised with that. But anyway, that was ran the hell down the click, you know. I should tell them all the time, I'm not putting these motherfuckers over. What's the fuck wrong with you? Yeah. Well, if you don't put them over, you can, you can hit the door. I don't mind fucking with you and Jamie, you know, because y'all was, y'all was just a little bit of gas. Y'all were getting a hell of a push back then. And that's why he was yeah. pushing. See, motherfucker ran the hell out of these little 125 pound motherfucker when he be in the business. So I just got the shit out of Randy when I see him. Now, you made all these little motherfuckers think they King Kong. We had one little big man. That would be an idea. That was enough. He just tell me all the time. Right now, that's another one of my friends. That's my best friend in the whole wrestling game, man. Really? I that's love, awesome. I, I love me some beer. Even though he's been sick in and out of the hospital now, so he get out of dimension. Yeah. If, yeah. If, if you talk to him while you're right there in your face, he can... He, 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 Relate, you can relate, he can relate to you, but you just fuck him out, don't say nothing for a minute or two. You fucked up, yeah, yeah. I get a man faced out on your ass. I love me some BLD. Well, I got a BLD story y'all want to hear. That's just love it. it, yeah. yeah love I, it. I was green as a mother, I was a candy man, and uh, I had just turned heel, 
So I'm going to go in there with me, I think with me and somebody against him and the junkyard dog. And Bill gave me a spot, you know. I'm in there shining like a motherfucker, new penny. I'm there, I'm kicking Bill's ass, I'm doing it. And the only thing I had to do was, when I got through with my little, my little spot, that, uh, that, uh, give Bill an idea his spot. He said, I don't think I'm going to do it, I'm just going to turn around and, uh, I'm going to do this, do that, you uh, know, such, such. So I'm on that happy and just is carried away. I'm punching Bill, I'm kicking him and choking this shit out of him and doing this and doing that for about two, three minutes. The only thing I had to do was do a little, let him do a little comeback. My I got so happy and I reached through the rope and tagged my partner. As I was tagging whoever I was tagging in, and Bill and he came up to them fucking ropes, and they hit me in the side of my head. I thought I was in a street fight. That, that motherfucker <laughs> hit me so motherfucking hard. I said, what the fuck? You forgot my fucking spot. I said, oh, shit. <laughs> and that was that no more. <laughs> a lot of people don't know what Bill and was a little shooter, man. Bill and didn't give a fuck. That's yeah. a motherfucking fool. <laughs> he threw it in there if he had to. Oh, dude, yeah. That's what he did to me, man. I never forget that. Yeah. He did what? I said, or just pull a knife on. You remember that when he pulled the knife on me? On you, yeah. I remember that. I didn't want to bring it up, though, but yeah. He did yeah, that. I, we, I didn't talk about, about, about it. No, we talk about it all the time. People ask about it all the time, too. So yeah. You know, he uh, he only pulled a knife on because you were to pay your bills. Are you a fucking his old lady? You pulled me in pain him. And you never get in That's not why he pulled the knife. He pulled yeah. the knife over gimmick table bullshit. <laughs> I, don't I just heard about it. But yeah, hey, no. That was over gimmick table stuff. I ain't never messed with that woman. So, well, no, I was messing with you, dog. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know. You talking about gimmick table? Like, now the motherfucker should have pulled a knife on me. I've been selling everybody's shit for 30 years. I ain't give a fuck. I'm on a picture with you. I don't give a fuck. It's a rock. I'll just take it. I didn't give a fuck. This motherfucker yeah. fired off. Yeah. Two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you were famous for that. <laughs> like, I remember here. Fucking Reggie's got pictures of himself and everybody on him. <laughs> <laughs> I had so many pictures on that gimmick tape. Who is this motherfucker? What, what, Bill Abner? That motherfucker got every damn picture of everybody in the world. Yeah, yeah. Man. You just got to be the mark. And dang. <laughs> that white fur coat I got, motherfucker been trying to buy that coat. I'm going to have offer all up to $5,000 for that white fur coat of mine. You still got it? Yeah, yeah, got it. That's I got awesome. The black one. Yeah. But time don't get better around this motherfucker. got to go. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like my, I used to tell him, I'm hard on the butter bar, man. I'm a pimp, not a wimp, man. Shit, I'm going to have to shake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I tell Ice Man all the time. Ice Man been trying to get it from me. Let me get that coat, man. Let me get that in the hall, motherfucker. I know you got me mm. in the building, but Ice, Ice Man still about five minutes from me. Yeah. We talking pizza almost every day. That's you awesome. talking about somebody funny. You ought to hear some of my old stuff. He go back to what, motherfucker? Who the fuck is McGurk and Tim McGurk and Brian Blair? Who the fuck is? Don't nobody know them motherfuckers. <laughs> you started start rapping in 1979. I don't know about the late people don't remember that shit. Yeah. Well, we got to get him on the show. Yeah, huh? we'll get him there. Yeah. yeah, he just got a part in that carry money everything. I mean, Kevin Money, You know, he did a little, oh, yeah. like a little movie or something down here. It should be earned yeah. soon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we, it, yeah. So we, he got a spot in that? 
Oh yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. That, that, that's important. I heard they gave him like five or six thousand dollars for like ten minutes, twelve minutes or something. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I was with Kevin and all the most jokers before when we first left Memphis. You know, we used to ride the bus from Memphis yeah. to. Was you on that on that crew then? No, no, that was before me. But Jamie was. Yeah, yeah. From world class, yeah, we should go, yeah. Leave Memphis and go Friday night. We had to be in Dallas and get up on get on the bus after the show and ride all night, come to Memphis, do Memphis TV. That's when Eric Emery and Tom Pritch and Miss Texas. I talked to her the other day too. You ever heard from Jackie? I haven't heard from her in quite a while. Yeah, yeah she lives with me. She about ten minutes from me too, fifteen minutes. I'm mad at the bitch because she never gave me no pussy. So I said, fuck you, go. <laughs> <laughs> if you want if you, if you want white, you want right, you know, you want getting out yeah. of this. Wow. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I ain't saying too go- bad on your toe. No, I'm just going to ask him, Jimmy. So, yeah, I was just going to, I mean, obviously, you know, you you brought him up a little bit earlier talking about The Rock and stuff, but you actually end up working The Rock in a tag team with Brickhouse and, and right. Bart Sawyer. Talk about that, man. How was working a very young, green rock? Man, my, like, like I said, it was like a, the blind leading the blind. I wasn't nothing but a big old bucket guy doing power shit, but. They were trying to give him a push. New York sent them down. That motherfucker, I know a wristwatch from a wristwatch. So fuck him. This <laughs> motherfucker. Fuck the rock. Now, I ever see him, I'm going to slap the shit out of him. <laughs> I mean, now, I'm going to make him slap me. I'm going to fall like a bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jumping on you. The- yeah, we was all right, though. We just didn't know shit. If we want a brick house, we didn't know matches back to him. Boss Cars didn't really know a lot, me neither. Right. But brick people. We were married to them for probably a good two, a uh, mile and a half or two months straight. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like, There's a lot of matches. Yeah. Yeah. Round the loop. You yeah. know, people don't know, know, they start, your, your, your order is smart enough, but I don't give a fuck. Motherfucker ask me in, I tell them, hell no, this shit ain't real, motherfucker. Give me my 35 years back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> if I had a chance to do anything else, I still probably wanted to wrestle. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. You did a lot of, everywhere you went, especially Memphis, you was over in Memphis so bad. But yeah, The Rock was, uh, you know, he was a kind of quiet. He was kind of quiet and humble back then, you know. Right. That motherfucker mm-hmm. had shit. When he came to Memphis, I used to see motherfucker buying that motherfucker. Matter of fact, he owed me some money, motherfucker. <laughs> he, he reached out to me in downtown Bruno, a three draw win, motherfucker. He come out state. He stayed with me for two months. Bruno stayed with me for two or three months. That motherfucker ain't bought me no truck. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I seen Bruno. We all did a show about two months ago. Me, him, Doug, Gilbert, uh, me, Tommy, Bruno, Jamie. Yeah, Tommy Rich. Jamie. Jamie Dundee Jamie. was there. Oh, fuck. That's out of shape, motherfucker. I thought he was in <laughs> <laughs> I motherfucker one spot when I do breathing and throwing up and spitting and hawking and shit. That motherfucker <laughs> still funny, man. So y'all have me jumping over. I can't even keep one person right, but y'all, when I think about something else, I jump right on it, you know, because it would be funny. Jamie is another funny motherfucker too. I always oh, yeah. have. Yeah, he's. he's I remember one time they was in, we was in the car, and we was all getting fucked up as usual, coming back from one of the little old town and. And all of a sudden, I heard Tommy say, hey, motherfucker, give me this shit. It's my turn. James said, motherfucker, you just, you just hit this shit. 
and I was driving, and Tom said, Reggie, pull this motherfucker over. I said, pull over what? I'm going to kick his fucking ass. And James said, how you going to kick my ass? Can you run, motherfucker? Because that's way you're going to kick my ass. You got to catch me. Boy, that shit was so funny, man. I mean, I may not have made it, but but that was some funny shit that night, man. The motherfucker out of Hollywood, I said, "Now I'm gonna do both of you, motherfucker." <laughs> and you know, Tommy was a big motherfucker. I love Tommy. We talk about this shit all the time. That's my man right there too. Tommy, tell you, motherfucker, pull this motherfucker. You better do what he said. But I go around home for four months. But back yeah. to the rock, man. Fuck the rock. Fuck the rock. <laughs> man, the fucking, I ain't seen the motherfucker in 23 years. The motherfucker like talk to your dad all the time. You talk to your dad at least twice, uh, three times, maybe, you know, every month or two. I just talk to him, like Johnson. I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell him, you know, they didn't get along with me. I don't understand how you don't get along with your daddy, man. That's not what he didn't want to fuck. It seems to be a, it seems to be a wrestling business thing, you know? It does. Because, you know, Brian and, and Jerry and yeah. Jerry Jamie and, and Jeff. And, and, yeah, yeah Jerry, Jamie and Bill. I mean, there's so many. It's like dads and their sons, if they're both in the wrestling business and they both get a name about them, there's something about it. The dads just fall to pieces or something. I don't know yeah. what it is. Like Jake, Jake the Snake and his daddy. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't understand it, man. I don't understand, mom. He got man um, and, and fuck for you and gave you all this shit you needed when you were young, and then soon you get in the game. I think it'd be the wrestlers myself, not the dad. I think it'd be the boys. I think they say, well, my daddy this, my dad won't let me. He want me to follow his footsteps. He want me to do this. And he want me to do that. I'm so glad I didn't have none. I got I had I had twin parents. I had a mama and a mama. So I ain't yeah, have yeah. no fucking daddy. I can yeah. I, I'm gonna sound woofy, you may be my damn daddy. Shit, I don't know. I never <laughs> seen the <a> motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you that's why you always hear from from somebody doing an interview on TV, football player, bass, whoever. First thing I say, Hey mom, how you doing? And don't say shit about the daddy. I don't give a fuck who it is. They don't say it. <laughs> Hi, mom. Hi, dad. Hi, dad. Hi, mom. Motherfucker always say, hey, mom, because they know them the one was in our corner. And I don't yeah. understand right to the day why the dad, like you said, the dad got heat with the, with the son or the son got heat with the dad or something he didn't do. Cause you didn't buy yeah. me no my truck for Christmas. Oh, what, <laughs> motherfucker? You ain't, can you? Cold, <laughs> I was one of my kids. I got four kids. Let me see. Y'all got four kids. Even what their mama said anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> Man, talk about working Yokozuna. I remember that match when you worked with it. It was three guys against big old Yoko, man. Tell me, how was he in the back? I mean, did you get to talk to him at all? How how was working Yoko? Man, his real name is Rodney. We know that, but he was he was a hummer, a big old hummer, man. And I, I seen Mr. Fuji, he, he the one had to, you know, put his thing on, do his hair, and, and do all that to him. But Vince, not Vince, uh, what's his other motherfucker name? We're booking back in. When he Pat said, well, I need Bruce. Bruce. Was it Pat or Bruce? I think it was Bruce Prick. Prick. <laughs> prick. <laughs> it was, he was a fucking prick. He was another prick. <laughs> <laughs> That motherfucker didn't like me or something. I think he found out I was a man, you know. 
Right. He, he couldn't get none. He had to send somebody else to get none. I don't know. But, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, Yoko, man, was uh, real quiet that day. He said, he came when we got ready to go to the room. I appreciate it. I appreciate what you guys doing. You know, I had never, I, that's the only thing I ever remember saying, <clears throat> getting that bullseye. And then when they ran the spots, when them do was calling the spots, I said, man, look at us, man. We can't work together. We can't meet get him off his feet or do something. I think they were pushing him against a Van Bader or somebody. Okay, and I right, told right. him, I said, man, look, we got three of us. If we can't get one clothesline or rock this big man or do something, they can take one bump for three motherfuckers. Everybody don't know this shit is fucking rigged any fucking way. Right. But, man, I couldn't wait to get out of that match. I did not like that at all, man. Yeah. Even though it ain't no better work, I didn't like it. Right. I didn't right. like it. He, could, yeah, he was a big old humble man. Yeah. You know, some people didn't say nothing. You was up there. You and Jamie was up there at the time. He was up there, right? Yeah. 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 Nice guy. From what, I mean, I didn't have a lot of interaction with him because we were, you know, with Ron and, and, and doing our stuff with Ahmed and the Road Warriors and all that. <laughs> Plus, I just stayed to myself uh, pretty much. So, <laughs> Yeah, Jamie fucked that up for y'all. That's usual. I bet Jamie, I saw you so much money over the You can't hate that motherfucker, though. Jamie John is one motherfucker you cannot hate. I don't care how much he fuck up, you cannot hate that motherfucker sermon. You be mad at that motherfucker one night and the next night shit y'all back partying and talking shit and swallowing spit at the same time. So <laughs> But I know he cost y'all a lot of money. I think Lawler fucked y'all up up there, right? No, not necessarily really Lawler. It was a it was a combination of things. Uh yeah, it was just a combination. Oh, bunch of shit, man. But that's just the rest of business. And uh, it is what it is. Jamie's got his version of the story, and I got my version. And somewhere in the middle, as like they say, is the truth, uh, even though I believe mine to be full truth. <laughs> I guess people are going people are gonna listen to Jamie regardless. So, yeah. What it is. I bet y'all still get a lot of, you still get a lot of calls. You know, this, where the money at these days is the common comes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the problem. That's the problem. I've got us booked on a number of those and Jamie no showed a number of those so uh kind of messed that up so that's wow. where the heat uh the little heat that we have now is from that and I just don't understand it and he don't understand why I'd be mad that uh you know he's costing me money <laughs> but it is Somebody what it is right? a lot of money I heard through the grapevine he came in to a lot of money oh he got money from his dad's or his mother's when his mother's house sold, uh, I think Bill and them gave him a little bit of it. Uh, that's a whole nother story there, too, of what's really true and how much. And I'm pretty sure he's done, blown his way through all that. So uh, I don't think it was as much as he's like, oh. <laughs> but you got What did you got, Jimmy? Well, I was just going to ask, like, you know, obviously when you had that WWF run, and I feel like we've left it, but I'm going to go back to it real quick. So okay. you, you work Bam Bam Bigelow, Adam Bomb, Bob Holly, Fatu, and Duke Drossy. Out of all those guys, were they all cool to you? Was it Were they all pretty cool to you? All cool as a motherfucker, but my favorite one was Bam Bam Bigelow. I was oh, going to guess. Man. I was going to guess, yeah. Oh, man. I love that. That dude was so big and quiet and humble. And you ain't seen nobody other where I come close to him or like maybe Vader and King Mabel. Yeah. Yeah. To be so yeah. big and, and kabump like he did. But man, that big old man gave me at least 
75% of that match. He said, man, do whatever you want to do. Boom, boom, boom. Just put the headbutts over and, and put this over Reggie and this and that. And he had no I love that match. But yeah. I'm going to tell you what I didn't care too much about was that fucking Bob Harlan. Oh, really? That uh, was, he would knock your dick in the dirt. Oh, he was so <laughs> Yeah, I was bigger than he was, but he was stronger than me. Yeah. That makes any sense. It does. Uh, it does. Yeah. Yeah, Bob Hart, I had my head. Man, dude, don't y'all know I can be on this show, on this telephone with y'all for another hour or two and still can get half of my stories <laughs> out. We don't oh, have to do no. a man. We got to do this again. I don't know how y'all work y'all ratings and y'all do what y'all do, but I'm going to be on over an hour. But I don't know how long y'all need me for, but like I said, I'm here. <clears throat> we want to pick up some more of this shit down the line or something. I, no I always try to I always try to keep it to an hour, kind of like a you know, uh, yeah. it's like a wrestling show. I don't like to go over two, but on here I don't like to go over uh, an hour, and that, that keeps it good. And then yeah, we'll definitely uh, bring you back on. Do you got anything going on that you want to plug, or how can people find you, or anything like that? Uh, other than going to the post office and taking my pictures down off of that motherfucker, no, I ain't got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't trying to no. be found. <laughs> Everybody need me for anything, man. Y'all put your word out. Ready to be fine. If I'm back, I may not be a hundred percent. I ain't doing a lot of bumping. But I can yeah. definitely come here and talk shit and do some interviews. I still do a lot of that before I got sick, before yeah. I had the surgery, brother. Yeah. And I'm still yeah. going out doing a lot of those shows like that, man. They'll put me on them and bring me in. If they want to know anybody up in Louisville, Evansville, need Reggie B. Where you at, Wolf? You in Paducah, ain't you? I'm in, I'm in Kentucky, Somerset, Kentucky. Oh, yeah, Somerset. We worked out plenty of time, didn't we? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, One of the ones we didn't go to a whole lot. Yeah. Well, just think, man. We've been in this game for 35 years. Let me ask you a question. I'm the interviewer now. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> if you had a chance to do anything different about this wrestling game, would you would have got in it or would you have did something else? Oh, no. I'd have definitely got in it. I just, uh, at, at, at certain points, I would have taken it just a little bit more serious, man. Uh, I've said this a hundred times, man. It came so natural to me and so natural to Jamie that we were just having fun. We didn't, yeah, we, we understood it was a business, but man, it's just like uh, uh, recreation time at school. You know, when it, when the music plays, time to go to the ring, time for us to go to PE and go play, man. You yeah. know, and then and come back and probably go play some more later. <laughs> oh, yeah. It seemed like we did, time, playing. we did more playing back then. And I got another question. I'm the, I'm, I'm the interviewer now. Yeah, Lively <laughs> Color with Reggie B. I love it. <laughs> what, what was your favorite tag team that y'all used to like to work against? I know who I used to like to watch y'all work against. Who who y'all like to uh, work against? Well, different ones for different reasons. We drew good money with Tommy and Doug, and I enjoyed working them. But at the same time, I also enjoyed uh, working Ricky and Robert. I enjoyed hey. working the heavenly, the heavenly bodies. I mean, there was a Ricky Robert. You, you hit the nail on the head right then, boy. When you said Rick and Robert, I used to love to watch y'all little guys. Man, yeah. Rick and Robert is the baddest, smallest tag team in the world to me. Yeah, amen. Yeah. I agree totally. And yeah, that's fucking Jimmy, Jimmy's favorite. Yeah, Jimmy like Kimmel. Yeah. Yeah, I love yeah, them. Oh, that's my favorite, man. I'm dudes right there. I talk to Rick and Robert all the time, right to the day. Yeah, and they told me if it weren't from Dusty Rhodes, they could have been mega, mega movie stars. They could have been mega stars. 
Oh yeah, I believe it. Yeah, they they've got a good gripe there, and it's legit. I do believe. Yes. Oh, yeah. They told me that they could have made more money in WA. We always tell them, "Who gonna believe these little guys? Who gonna believe these little guys?" Right. They had a they got a yeah. gimmick, man. Ricky Morton told me this is the true story. He just told me not long ago. He said, "Man, I make more money. Me and Robert make more money today as we did thirty five years ago." Yeah. Just yeah. Just signing off now. Yeah. yeah. People would sell a hundred t shirts everywhere they go. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this real quick before we before we wrap it up, man. I just saw the dark side of the ring with Marty Janetti. Did you know Marty? You got any Marty stories? I knew him just one time, a couple of times with the gimmick, other than that, didn't know him like yeah. that, you know. Yeah. Right. Didn't know him like that. that. I think that when him and Sean had fell out Marty, they said Marty to Memphis. You know, you said everybody to Memphis for that. But it uh, stomping ground shit from New York. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. We got an idea. We want to get Jamie and Marty in a reality show together and try to, you know, you you want to be a part of that with us, Reggie? Yeah, you know my weird. It's an elephant habit. Shit, yeah, I like to do it. (laughs) All right. You know I love that kind of shit, man. I love talking shit and swallowing spit, man. I'm not sugarcoating shit. If you don't like it, well, fuck you. Right. Yeah. Right. Tell you, you don't want to hear it. You don't want me to say something. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the truth. Well, right. we appreciate we that. We, a chance, man. we need to finish this, man. We need to come back. You know, I'm, I'm gang. Cause I don't do too much. Nothing. I sleep late, eat cake, read the furniture, and try to collect some money. I, I ain't doing <laughs> that is it. Yeah, we'll get you back. Uh, amen. Yeah, I got so sure. many more questions, so we're good. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely have well, Jimmy, you back on too long. Jimmy Kimmel, you make sure you put us on your show now. I will. I will. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Reggie, man. Hey, it's been great talking to you. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm sure everybody's going to get a big kick out of this episode. And I appreciate it, my brother. It's good hearing from you. Uh, what's the weather like up in Dallas? Do you hot as a motherfucker? Hey, dude. It's so hot down here. The man, the sun got on shade. Man, it's 109 yesterday. It's 108 today. Man. It's going to be 109 tomorrow. All this week, going to be over 109. Damn. And that ain't okay, Dave Brown that. weather. That's that's actual real weather. Heat index shit. I'm talking about heat, man. Yeah, yeah. Man. You better go top that green ass roof and adjust that uh antenna and see y'all pick up from this shit down here. Yeah. Boy, hot. It is hot. Well stay right cool. Stay cool, Reggie, for sure. <laughs> yes, yes. So y'all, yeah, 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 yeah. I appreciate it, man. I love you, Whoopi. And Jimmy Thank Kimmel. You. All right, love Thank you too, Reggie, man. We will we will get back in touch with you, man, for a part two here before too long. All right. Y'all send me a trans transcript of this one right here, man. Put it on lines. I mean not put it on lines. Oh, yeah, send it to me. Put it yeah on we will. Yeah, we yeah. will. I got five, ten thousand followers, man. I got two pages and Thank I can you. post it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I can all post right. it for that, man. I don't know what it, right it means, but we can do it. But oh, all right, gentlemen, it. I appreciate y'all. I know the pleasure's been all you, all you all. Been yes. the pleasure all, <laughs> you all I'm trying to say, but, but whatever y'all do, y'all keep me in mind for any spot shows, any, any, anything, man. Absolutely. Yeah, we got Absolutely. All right, love man. you, dude. Take care. I, I love you too, brother. Y'all be careful. Appreciate it, y'all, uh, Jimmy. Take care, sir. Thank you so much, Reggie. It really means a lot. Appreciate it. I bet.
And Jimmy, what do we got coming up next? I'm sure I could never guess and neither could anyone else. Well, I've got a question to ask you. How many? <laughs> there's, there's about three for Ask Wolfie Anything. DJ, hit the music. We are back with Ask Wolfie D anything and folks, what did we tell you at the start of the show? Reggie B. Wow, man, that was just what an interview, dude. <laughs> he says what's on his mind, right? Yeah, he does not hold back. And that was that was very funny. It was hilarious stuff. It offended anybody. Hey, maybe it's you, but he's not offended. <laughs> so don't yeah. take offense to any of that. You know, I will say this. I have probably a whole other page of questions for that man. He's done so much. So I'm, yeah. I, we'll definitely have and, to talk about let, that. Let me say this. You know, I've always owned up to my shit. You know, we talk about that, man. I mean, hell, there's a documentary about me. You know, uh, always owned up to my shit. And and, and some people um, may may not like Reggie for, for certain reasons, but that's another thing about it. He owns it, you know? Yeah, he, he does. Yeah. And it's not, you know, nothing he's trying to sugarcoat or anything like that. We all done shit we ain't proud of, believe me. No, and, and that's the other thing is sometimes when somebody owns it, it offends people. But honestly, that's the best way to do it. You know, you're honest. And that's the biggest problem is a lot of times people aren't honest with themselves. And not only yeah. is he's he's absolutely honest with himself. He's, you know, and, you know, he may say some things about some of the people he worked with, but he's just telling. What do they say? He's telling his truth. I, I don't yeah. really you know, I don't really know if that phrase is the correct way to say it, but I think that's what it is, is he's telling right. his truth, you know. So, but anyway, well, how about you tell some of your truth, Mr. D? <laughs> I will do my best. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. All right. Well, we got some great questions today. I'm, I'm interested to hear some of this. Now, this one is a fun one, and I, I'm so sorry to listener Metal Rob 85 on Instagram. This one has been in our DMs for, I would say, maybe a few months now, and I didn't see it because the way I did, I don't know much about Instagram, to be honest. Most of the yeah. stuff transfers directly from Facebook to Instagram. So mm -hmm. I never really mess with that as much. But in their messages, they have like three levels of messages. And this one was stuck in one that I did not see. So I apologize, Metal Rob, but we're going to ask it right now. Your favorite 90s hip hop song not the ones you came out to even if it if it is that that's fine but what would you yeah. say are some of your favorite hip hop songs from the 90s from the 90s well I'm, I like more the 80s <laughs> as far as that goes okay but I, I would definitely say um, Slam by Onyx oh man we did song. use that one yeah. Gangster's Paradise Coolio we did use that one uh, and also, you have to understand the mid '90s was where I was. I was kind of transitioning into the grunge and 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 hard rock of that of that totally. um, time. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really go up and down the roads of listening to hip hop like I did maybe uh, a few years before that. So yeah, but those are yeah, Onyx and uh, Coolio. I like that. I mean, there's some other good stuff that I'm probably forgetting, but for me. The 90s grunge, 
hard rock scene it was that's my shit i like that yeah I'm a, i was a big fan of cypress hill i love some yeah, house of pain yeah. i love some dr dre snoop dog all that but i know what you mean though i mean you know yeah. we're kind of in that age group to where we were much more open to all forms of music whereas you know like the people before us our, our predecessors before us like our parents or whatever they may listen to one style and love that one i think our age group maybe you know i think the the majority of us let's just say that we're much more open to listening to all kinds of stuff but i would assume that maybe people thought you were more of a hip-hop head than you really were because yeah. of the, but i was when i when I came up with the gimmick and when I was writing raps and stuff, that was me. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's kind of how I was. I listened to a lot of that stuff in, in high school, middle school, all that. But then, like I said, that was just a time where it was changing over for me uh, in, in form of taste of music. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> dude, I, I love the idea of y'all coming out to Gangster's Paradise, man. That's that's awesome. Because that, that seems like a great entrance song for a wrestler, you know? Yeah. Especially you guys, you know? Anyway. All right. Well, that one, thank you, Metal Rob. So sorry about the delay on that answer. He may have just quit listening to us because we never <laughs> asked this question. But anyway. Okay. So this one is kind of timely, too. And I, I like this one. This one's the Castrol Kid from Twitter. And this is interesting because I've kind of turned a leaf. You know, everybody knows that I'm probably, I love PG-13, don't get me wrong, but early on in my life, in my childhood, Rock and Roll Express were my tag team. And I did not like the rockers for that fact, okay? But when I've come around, dude, the rockers were great too, man. And, and yeah. you know, it's kind of stupid to say like, okay, they, they were not as good as the rock. They were as good as the rock and roll express. It's just, yeah. I love the rock and roll express. They were my team. So, okay. The rockers or the rock and roll express. Obviously I think I know that answer, right? <laughs> um, well, because of the longevity and the overness and all that. I mean, you got to go rock and roll express, but I mean, this might be sacrilegious and you might uh, hate me for saying this, but man, if you really watch the rockers in the ring, they, they might've been better. Yeah. Um, I don't hate not, that. Not, I don't hate not, that. Don't. Not taking nothing away from either one of them, but just the teamwork and the moves and the, you know, they were, they were both really good, man. And, um, they, they flew around a little bit more, but at the same time, I don't, you know, they always say the ultimate baby face is Ricky Morton and the way he sold and all that. So you got to factor that in too, but two in, incredibly talented teams. Um, yeah. And like you said, it was for us, it was kind of a, uh, a ripoff type of deal. Same thing that I felt just about the rock and roll express. Cause they came in when the fabs uh, right. kind of went away in Memphis, but they came out to kiss rock and roll all night. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and, of course. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. So it was kind of like a, well, they are a rip off to me, but I like their music. <laughs> yeah. But you, you know, so like with the rockers at, at that time, I was like, Oh my God, they're ripping off the rock and roll express. And I think the idea probably behind that is they actually, they had to have felt that the rockers are thinking like, okay, we're doing the tassels. We're doing the, you know, everything we're doing yeah. it the same that we look the similar way as, as the rock and roll express did. So they probably, took that and said okay then we've got to do double the work we've got to outwork them in the ring now 
The next part of the question, and I love this one, is instead of the Rock and Roll Express in the run that y'all had with them, put the Rockers with PG-13. How ridiculous does that sound? I- I'm thinking that might be some of the best matches ever, man. Oh, uh, yeah. Just how the all four would have worked together. I just, you know, and again, it's hard to say that because it didn't happen and it wasn't the scenario. But if you just, I know that no disrespect, I love Robert Gibson. Don't get me wrong. But I know that you said sometimes he could maybe just dial it back a little bit and maybe not want to do just. Yeah, in the days in the days of the '90s, there, and I hate to even say that though. I don't know about dial it back would be the answer, but just Ricky's always a hundred percent usually, and and Robert when it counted when we needed it was always there. Um, but yeah, I, I know what you mean, man. Yeah, I know what you mean. So I mean, but can you imagine? I mean, the Rockers and PG—that's that's a whole other idea, right there, man. That yeah, would have, I mean, that would, those would have been some really good matches, I would assume, <laughs> considering yeah. everybody was on the same page and wanting to work together and whatever the scenario could have been, you know, might have been whatever. Yeah, it would have been. It would have been good. Yeah, that was and the great. Midnight Rockers. I and, and I'll bring this up. Uh, I heard Cornette talk about it. Uh, not not only did they steal the Rock and Roll Express, but Midnight Rockers, they were like they were stealing the fucking Midnight Express too, and doing the rocket launcher for a finish. So. Yeah, that was a good question. Thank you, Castrol Kid. Thank you for answering it so well, Wolfie D. So the next one is from our longtime question asker, big time <laughs> listener. Thank you so much, Ben Martin, Ben Martin eighty eight on Twitter. He says this: What was the difference, or maybe some of the differences, in the Memphis rings to the WWF rings? Well. Okay, so uh, the first time we go up there, the WWF rings were reinforced and bigger because of the Yokos and the, the Mables and all that because the rings were legit getting broken, so they were very, very stiff. Yeah. Uh, now, USWA TV ring, this, I hated it. It had, and I'm talking, I think they might have went through more than one of these but like at first it it was just i mean the ropes were shitty and thin and just wasn't the best bumping ring and yeah and then like the mid-south coliseum ring was different the louisville gardens ring those were not all the same rings if anybody had that in their head those were not all the same rings okay Uh, okay they weren't hauling rings every week there was those stayed there Uh, okay but like for spot shows i think uh well i know Eddie Marlin had a ring, but, you know, at that time he didn't run a lot of shows. But then Buddy Wayne, you know, we worked for him a lot and his ring was garbage. Um, so <laughs> rings in Memphis were uh, about like the, the enhancement talent. <laughs> <laughs> you had to work against both of them, really. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, okay. So, and then are you saying at first the WWF rings, did they end up? Not being as reformed. Yeah, the, the in the latter, you know, when I went back as Slash and stuff, the rings were back back to normal or whatever. Okay, and plus the quality. I feel like in the mid nineties, the quality of shit like that, even on uh, say independent stuff, like the quality of rings started to come up. And I don't know uh, what that really meant, but it's like even lower level stuff realized. Okay, we need a ring that looks 
good, you know, because I mean, some of these shows, seriously, I can only imagine going in the, in the early nineties to a, to a buddy Wayne show and sitting in front row or fuck even 10 row. I mean, you're in a armory, you're not very far back, but just looking at the condition yeah. of the, the ring, it just, you know, looked yeah. bad. Those canvases could not have been cleaned on the rig, uh, or if they were, they would sweep them out and, you know, yeah, <laughs> staff know. infection heaven right there. Now, this is an interesting, just, just reminds me, how did you fight that? I mean, obviously, I've seen guys have, like, alcohol spray they put on their back if there wasn't yeah. a shower. Now, obviously, right. in the times that you could, you know, on the level that you got to, there were showers and, and things like that. But I, I would assume not every place had a shower. So how, what was your method when you would get to the back and you're like, okay, I just rolled around and 30 guys yeah. DNA that- and- that's pretty much it. Always have a towel with you and try to have some uh, rubbing alcohol on you uh, to try to give yourself a little hoe bath. If you got to go find a sink, you know, wash yeah. off like that as best yeah. you can. Because that's <laughs> there's nothing worse to me than it's like it's like a pet peeve and just this weird thing I have. Like I hate sweating and 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 then having on like like I can I cannot understand how guys can go to a show like these indie shows that don't have showers right. sweat and then put fucking blue jeans back on Ooh. oh bro yeah oh my god I would crawl out of my fucking skin that's why I'm, a lot of times if I knew I was going somewhere like that I'd either take shorts sweatpants yeah. something like that uh and then or or just wear my shit depending on how far i had to go to get to a hotel or whatever where i could shower i just leave my shit on because yeah. it, it was like i do not want to put oh god i can't I, and i'm not a blue jean guy <laughs> dressing right. up for me is blue jeans so right sure yeah ugh, yeah just, I'm, I'm, i've gotten to the point now i'm shorts or as much as possible or i'll i'll wear some like kind of like nike windbreaker pants or something not really windbreaker they're like those fleece pants or whatever i wear those a lot what's a funny story and it made me feel good is one time i was standing at saw near the ring and i was talking to somebody and this was before the show started and i wasn't all in my suit and everything i'm standing there i got a black t-shirt on and a pair of nike fleece pants and i'm standing there and lt falk comes up and he slaps my back (laughs) and he says wolfie how are you buddy (laughs) (laughs) this is after you had shaved your head and i'm i'm no way near as big as you were i've always had broad shoulders and there's you know that's a good feeling but when it comes down to it i was like that made me feel good but wolfie that probably would not like that (laughs) especially Uh because i didn't know you you know consider the source <laughs> yeah <laughs> lt fuck love you homie but yeah anyway so that that was funny that's a little side story i don't even know if i've ever told you that but anyway so the the final part of the question that ben is asking here is which ring overall now he kind of says the between the memphis and wwf ring but let's just take it even further what was your favorite ring you ever worked in smoky mountain had a good ring um I really like their ring. Um, ECW had good rings. Yeah. Uh, WCW had good rings. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, and my, I, I, and then I'm not the guy that knows who built which one and all that kind of stuff. But all those kind of seem the same, and I think they were. Uh, I can't remember his name. Not sure. I don't remember that name. I'm sure one of the listeners, Ben, will probably tell us. But yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure who who made those rings. But so you're saying the the Smoky Mount was a good ring. WCW, ECW, those were all. Yeah, good I, I just specifically remember like when we when we went to. Smoky Mountain and work Tracy and Dirty White Boy and all that. I just remember coming out of that match going, God, that was a hell of a bumping ring, man. Yeah. You know, it's like I almost didn't feel it. You know? Yeah. That's awesome. And that's awesome. Fucking, you know, Memphis, almost every night you'd have a fucking Frank or uh, Joe Wheeler or whoever the referee might be, Bill Rush or somebody coming over to you going, uh, you know, stomping their foot, you know, real lightly in one spot going, there's a hole right here. There's a hole right here. Be careful right here. Be careful. <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. And that wasn't when he was counting you three with his foot, right? No, this was no, checking no, it before. No. Yeah. Was, hey, there's a fucking hole in his ring. <laughs> or the boards slid, you know, during the yeah. night. Or yeah. I know that most listeners of the show or fans of wrestling don't get to see a ring before it's put together. It's mm-hmm. it's honestly scientific, man, if you think yeah. about it. The way yeah. that they've done it with the, the two by fours and everything. If yeah. you've worked if you've ever get the chance to work on a ring crew of any sort, I think it teaches you a lot. It taught me a lot putting together Porter's rings and stuff like that. Most of the time, other than that, the ring was already put together when I would go to a show, but yeah. whenever, whenever worked for Porter, you know, we moved that ring in and out of that church building so much, putting it together, taking it apart. It, you really learn a lot about a ring in that regard. And it's funny. And some people will be like, what? But it, honestly, you know, they say paying your dues and all that kind of stuff. I never put a fucking ring together. Never. And I'm not yeah. saying be like, yeah. Um, better than this or that, or it's almost in a way it's almost embarrassing to admit it. But uh, the one time that I did it, it was me and my friend. We went to the municipal auditorium in Nashville to watch the WWF. Yeah. And some kind of way at the end of it, I want to say it was Tony Gurria, uh it had just walked up to us. And then we were, this is right before I got into business. So I had to be somewhere around 15, 14, something like that. Okay. And my buddy were there and he goes, he goes, you guys want to uh, help take down the ring? I think they gave us 25 bucks or something. And <laughs> we just, uh, you know, toted stuff. We didn't actually pull things apart. It would just be like, here, carry this. And we'd take a ring yeah. out. And so that was the only time I've ever, um, dealt with that <laughs> yeah now you picked up the ring post like the colorado kid did by himself that was yes the- but i do i do remember though in all seriousness is just when we took it apart getting to see how it came apart and what all was under there you know what i mean yeah yeah it's, it's impressive man yeah and, and i know it's been a thing uh at some places and, and and i don't know what they do now as far as miking the ring up but you know people would always ask do they put a microphone under there so it's louder and i think that's probably been the case before but i remember there was no microphone under there and there was the wood and the carpet and you know all that kind yeah. of stuff yeah like this this is uh, not a trampoline. <laughs> no, it's not. And you would think that it is, and that's what's funny. But you know, this the slamming of a three hundred pound man on 
two by fours that bounce together. That's the sound, you know, the, and the plywood, the plywood, the plywood. Really yep. Right. The plywood. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's definitely part of it too. Yeah. So that has it, to be broken in somewhat. If you, if it's a brand new ring or the way it used to be, if it was brand new, you would really not want to bump on it too much. Cause so the boards got like loosened up just a hair where they, you know, give a little bit more and, you know, absorb just a little more shock. Well, yeah, for sure. Now, okay, the Mexico rings, how were they, man? Like concrete. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were like boxing rings, right? It's, it's similar, yeah, but they yeah. just... And I think I told you this story, you know, um, the first night in Mexico, I figured out real quick why they did all those rolling bumps. You know, I I went to take like a reverse hip toss and I go up high, boom, bam, and come back down. I was like, motherfucker. I mean, it really was like fucking concrete. That was one of those things where I got to the corner and whispered to Jamie. I said, don't take a fucking American bump on this shit. (laughs) We learned pretty quick yeah but i mean that's kind of why you see all the the luchadors everybody says they don't sell well it's not really that it's it's that yeah. they're rolling bumps you know yeah. that they they don't kill themselves and they want to work tomorrow night too you know but yeah and i, I think that's probably uh, not a thing anymore i would say that everything has kind of been in that regard americanized i'm sure their rings are just like ours now yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure okay one more question and this one's kind of this is a side topic here also about rings and and you know we talked about you going to the back and putting on jeans and all that and you hated that because you're sweating and stuff but I'm sure you know guys that would go to the back, not wash off, not do one mm-hmm. thing, put their street clothes back on and go mm-hmm. to the club, not be any different, not <laughs> swollen. And those are the guys that probably never got staff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. it, or either they were infected with it for life or they just never <laughs> got it. Those are the kind of guys. Did you ever like, was there, you don't have to name names on this, yeah. but was there any, some big name dudes that you were like, my God, man, you're kind of gross. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I told the story of uh, uh, Cactus Jack Mick Foley. You know, uh, he left the the place in his mankind suit. He just put a jumpsuit on over it. Went to the hotel with me and Jamie. Slept on top of the covers with all that on. Got up the next morning, put the jumpsuit back on over the mankind thing, and went to the fucking airport. I mean, wow. Okay, <laughs> I just can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that. Yeah. Love you, Mick. Anyway. Yeah. That's that's we we didn't want to get into a. We've had a ton of knocks on this show already, so I didn't yeah. want to get into I mean, all that. There's dudes, man, that would you know uh, just. I, the other thing I hated is if I could smell you yeah. on me when yeah. I got done. Oh, oh that's. I'm gonna have to find something to wash off on because that, oh, that's gross. Yeah, man. When, well, I'm, you know, I, everybody knows I've talked about this a million times. At, when I was a manager, there was one guy who did not wash his gear ever, and he was a kind of a high flyer. He could run around and stuff. And I remember. I, I can't remember who I was managing. It might have been somebody. I, I, it had to have been somebody. But what I'm saying, I can't remember who I was managing. But every time this guy would run around into the corner, bounce around, I was supposed to pull his leg, all that. Man, every time he would come over there, it was rough, brother. Ooh. It was like, holy cow, man. And I feel like somebody, that's when a, that's when a locker room needs a veteran to call yeah. that stuff out. Yeah. Because, cause, you know, sometimes those guys never learn that stuff. And if nobody's calling it out, then they don't even know because they probably don't even smell it. I don't know how 
this guy didn't smell it and gag because I did every time, you know. Yeah. So, well, anyway. was, uh, my cyberpunk outfit, uh, it got to stinking because that was one thing that w- we never really thought of beforehand was okay, we've got one suit and we're, we're working five and six nights a week. <laughs> oh, so man. How are you going to keep that thing clean and see, honestly, man, like, okay, wearing the shorts. The shorts don't get that fucking uh, right. maybe dirty on the outside, but not like super sweaty on the inside. That right. would have been my my knee braces and and fucking underwear and shit. So that's easy to you know rinse and stuff like that. Not right. having to have and, and plus I had more than one pair of shorts. But yeah, yeah. yeah. The, cy- the cyberpunk outfit only had one, so it was like shit. And the guy that makes them is all the way in Mexico <laughs> and, and didn't have a cell phone to just ring him up real quick. But. And it's not like you could just put on a regular pair of tights and it looked the same or look, right. this, look correct, you know? So exactly. yeah, man. Wow. Well, we went all over the world there, but I, I like, you know, thank you for that question, Ben. Thank you for that answer. Wolfie. Yeah, man. I just love the show. I, I think we had a good time on this one. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. We appreciate Reggie coming on. I know Reggie don't do a whole lot of stuff like this anymore, but uh, we appreciate him coming on. I was glad to talk to him, man. Been a while since uh, since we were able to talk, man. Yeah, for sure. And if y'all haven't noticed already, I do. I want to say this real quick. So I put out a post online, and thank y'all so much for your support as listeners. It means mm-hmm. the world to us. Y'all come out in droves. I put out a few things. One of them is sometimes Wolfie and I we want to go to the listener on ideas for shows. So I did put out a thing for top ten lists, and y'all have really gone out of your way on replying to that. It's on our at Live Wolfie D social media pages now. What I will say is, I think you all, you're obviously listening right now, so you're a listener. <laughs> but I do believe that some of our social media followers are not listeners <laughs> because right. they were posting things that we had already done. Yeah. So once again, thank them for posting that. Maybe go back in the archives a bit, listen to some of the older shows. I promise they were good too. But <laughs> if you know, if you got a good top ten show idea, we we like those and come up. You know, if you come up with something, we'll definitely shout you out whenever we do the show. So anyway, I just wanted to say that. You know, thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, we we appreciate the listeners and we appreciate any ideas they may have because uh, we've been doing this for two years now, uh, every week. So that's a what are we at? A hundred and what? Hundred and nine is today's episode. Yeah. So yeah, we're so we're that's in a lot the- of guests and that's a lot of different ideas that uh, me and Jamie, I mean, I mean Jamie, <laughs> me and Jimmy, um, you know, rack our brains over once a week. So yeah. So any help is appreciated, but at the same time, you know, and some guys just don't know that, you know, a lot of you all have recommended guests as well. And we would love to have all the guests that you post. I promise you some of them just aren't possible. Others of them have been solid no's. They don't want to do it. And then yeah. others we've tried and tried and it just hasn't happened. So we do, we do, I, you all don't under, that's one thing I, I don't think we stress enough is the thought and the process that we go through to try to get guests. And yeah, yeah I, I figure we're pretty lucky to have had the ones that we have had, Absolutely. you know, but at the same time, it is a process and, you know, it's always the, the way it works is Wolfie's the front end. I'm the back end. And so whatever, you hear ultimately is a lot of work into it so when it comes yeah. down to it some guests just haven't been possible some have just said no thank you and but we understand summer summer under contract you know and those just yeah, i'm sure everybody understands that some of those just aren't going to happen 
right. uh, because of their contracted situations or whatever. So yeah. Yeah, some of them are just not going to happen. And some of them, some people that have their own podcast, uh, they're, they're kind of like me. I know people have asked me to do some, and yes, I've done some here and there, but it almost doesn't make sense for me to really do them uh, right now when I have my own. So Right, right. I understand that from different angles, so... Yeah, and it's like they want to ask the same questions that we've asked, but that's okay. You know, like you were just on the Hannibal show, and that was a great episode, but it was really just like a a greatest hits of Wolfie D, which is probably like 90% of them. So, you know, in a lot of those cases, all those questions have been answered, but in the Hannibal case, I mean, that's probably just in front of a lot of new listeners and different audience. It's new to them. New to them, but but you know, a lot of cases come on, uh, listen to our show, and go back, and you'll hear that most of those questions have been answered in depth. And you know, we we do our best with that. So, thank you all for wanting Wolfie D on your show. We're always appreciative of that, but sometimes, sometimes I have to put him in a headlock and get him in the <laughs> in the right frame of mind to, to want to do his show. So, <laughs> do this show, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we thank y'all. First of all, we thank you so much for being great listeners and being so supportive. So with that being said, I'm going to shut up, Wolfie. You can take well, us out. You shut it on up and I'll shut us on out. So everybody <laughs> tune in next week. Who knows what we got coming up, but uh, hopefully we'll bring you something good again. So uh, tune in next week, guys. We appreciate you. And now a word from our sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school, but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling. Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. That's right, it's the talk of Middle Tennessee, the channel you love to hate and the channel you hate to love. It's Brian Turner from Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. And if you're looking for matches from Wolfie D to Jerry Lawler to Dusty Rhodes and the team that put a pimp before your eyes and a goatee between your thighs, Booty Call and Athena, go to LostWrestling.com. See, I made it easy for you. Brian Turner's VHS Rehab. Booyah! Hey everyone, this is Shane from Insane Shane's World. I release wrestling figures of enhancement talent, mid-card wrestlers, and wrestlers that you never thought would have a figure available. So if you are interested in adding a really cool and rare figure to your collection, then don't hesitate to contact me at shamtheman73 at gmail.com. That's S-H-A-M, the man, 73 at gmail.com. You can also join my Facebook group. Just search Insane Shane's World.
If you're a fan of rock music, I'd really appreciate it if you took a moment to check out my podcast. It's called the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been doing it for about 10 years now. We talk about Kiss. We talk about Ozzy. We talk about Motley Crue and Guns N' Roses and Metallica. We talk about all the legends from the 60s and on up to brand new bands that you should be hearing about today that you're not going to hear on the radio. It's Decibel Geek. Wherever you find your podcasts, you'll find us there. If you love rock and roll, I can almost guarantee you're going to love my show. So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W-O-L-F-E. I'm on Instagram, at WarrenWolf13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, at LiveWolfieD. Here's the thing. Wolfie always has offers for his autographed photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. Second, the people that are liking the page beyond that even more is the people that are listening and we really appreciate that yeah and remember guys the podcast drops a new episode every monday at noon and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats thanks again i got a cap for you don't he got a And here we go. The original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth. Still loving it, color. Don't rush your mother. Utilize a hubcap, unlike any other. Back in the day, I was NOD, and I was P to the G plus the one and the three. In case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D. Been cloned and copied so many times. Title suckers taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping reasons. First white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. Late low for a while when you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've injected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking, there is no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over one for later. Not here to play games, so you better beware. You don't like me, so what? I really don't care. All the time I keep ticking and I can't be stopped. You suck a step to the side unless you wanna get dropped. When my finish, I'll straight knock you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. Gonna wind it up. Then I'm driving it home, it's Wolfie D, baby Huh, I got a cap for your dome I got a cap for your dome We got a cap for your dome We got a cap for your dome This has been a James Rock Street production